the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor, and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on AM860, The Answer. And we are the answer. We got all the answers for you. And I'm the sharpest tack in the answer bag. So watch out when you reach in there to find the answers. You might get stuck by Dr. Bill. So we are on am860theanswer.com. You can reach us live by going to the website. Again, that's am860theanswer.com and listen. click listen live 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. Even better, go to my website, Dr. Bill Radio MD. That's Dr. Bill Radio MD. And you also can click listen live or join me and catch me. And all you need is a computer, access to the Internet, and a headset. Plug it into your into your computer and listen to me. You got to listen to me. I got good stuff. And I got a really great show this morning. I've got Jamie Weinstein with me. And she is an interesting woman who has had quite an ordeal. And she's going to share with, with us her journey through the healthcare system with the major medical disease. Jamie, are you on? Are you with me, Hi, babe? I am here. Hooray. So, Jamie, let me give you a little preface. Jamie started off in her teens with an undiagnosed autoimmune disease, and this eventually developed into what we call Crohn's disease, which is an inflammatory disease of the small bowel. And Jamie has had quite a trip getting health care and getting help. And Jamie, why don't you walk us through a little bit of that? Sure. Um, so when I was in my teens, we started out with a diagnosis process and was misdiagnosed with severe IBS and went on into my early 20s. And IBS is uh, irritable bowel syndrome, folks. Thank you. Yeah. And, and so irritable bowel syndrome is not an autoimmune disease. It's, it's kind of like spasms of the, of the intestines and colon, and you can get constipation and diarrhea. And it's a fairly common disease, more common in women than men. And uh, it's uncomfortable, but it's not a life-threatening illness. Correct. So, um, you know, some of the GI symptoms or your, your stomach issues may be similar between IBS and inflammatory bowel disease, but also there's other indications that should be looked at, and they were ignored. So when I was in my early 20s and graduated college and started my first job out of college with insurance, I wasn't getting any better. I was actually getting far worse than I ever was in my teens and finally went to a new doctor because I really didn't have a choice at this point. It was kind of dire straits. And thankfully, 
they did diagnose me. And so it's kind of like a vindication moment. But the minute you do get that diagnosis, yes, there may be that vindication moment. Like, finally, I, I wasn't making this up. You know, you're now labeled with a pre-existing condition. And so at 23, I was slapped with the label of a pre-existing condition. And that was during the time where if you had a pre-existing condition, you could not easily get health insurance on your own plan. It needed to be through a corporate employer. And you could not have a lapse in coverage. So from the age of 23 on, I basically struggled with um, maintaining health insurance throughout my career until my health took me out of working full time. It, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough thing to have happen. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem, folks, is that if you're diagnosed with a major disease like rheumatoid arthritis or inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, or one of these autoimmune diseases that are very debilitating, then it is difficult, at least it was difficult, it's gotten a little bit easier to find coverage, to find insurance coverage, and you say, well, can't you pay out of pocket? The problem is, is with these new biologic medications, the which are the godsend for people with inflammatory bowel disease. These cost so much money, and the insurance companies, even with bartering and bargaining with the manufacturers of these medications, uh, they still have to put a lot of money out, and they are reluctant to, uh, financially unable to purchase these medications, and therefore they won't give insurance to people who are pre-diagnosed with this. And so, Jamie, you had to, I guess, what, get on your parents' plan for a while after Obamacare came in? Yeah, so, you know, one one good facet of the ACA, there is a caveat. If you are diagnosed before the age of 25 or, you know, obviously if you're under the age of 25 and you were in college, you can go on your parents' plan. So since I was debilitated by my disease not being controlled for so long, I was declared disabled by the state and... I was able to go on my mother's corporate plan. That is the only reason that I have health coverage today that I can afford. And you, you tried uh, different medications uh, prior to getting on your mother's health care plan. I think you told me you'd been on some cortisone, some prednisone. Yep. Yeah, so and- um, I was on the lower tier medications first. It was classic step therapy that, that I was forced into. And um, obviously, if I had my druthers and I had better insurance at the time, we would have done um, top-down with complementary co-therapies. Well, when we talk about co-therapies, we're talking about, for major diseases like rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's disease, we're talking about uh, uh, old-time medications that have been around a long time, and these include prednisone, which is a form of cortisone. Uh, There's also some anti-malarial um, antibiotics. Malaria is still a disease that we treat with antibiotics. And some of these work for inflammatory diseases like rheumatoid arthritis. There's also some topical, and by topical I mean a pill that you take that will decrease inflammation in the lining of the intestines as the medication goes through. And these are all uh, old time. Uh, they work to some degree, but there's certainly a lot of side effects, especially to long-term cortisone usage. As I'm sure you know, Jamie, it, it's Absolutely. just, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, it messes with your emotions. You put on weight, you lose muscle mass, 
Uh, you, you can get diabetes, high blood pressure, all these things from taking uh, prednisone or cortisone long term. But uh, up until the past couple of decades, that was the only choice that we had for a big gun uh, medication for inflammatory bowel disease. So yes. you were on the prednisone for a while. That must have been horrendous. Um, so luckily, my I had a good doctor who listened to my wants and needs. And one of the first things we discussed was um, my fear of ever being put back on prednisone. When I was a teenager, you can imagine being put on prednisone packs where, you know, if, if you're on once a year, it's not a big deal. But when you're cycling on and off of them, it, it can mess, especially with a teenage girl's head. And so we discussed other options. And so there's a newer, less invasive type of steroid out there, but it's more expensive. And of course, my insurance company was not going to pay for that. So at that point, I made the executive decision to try and purchase it from outside of the country. And so I would purchase from an authorized Canadian pharmacy in hopes that, you know, my monthly supply would make it here. But as you can imagine, it's still expensive. I'm paying it out of pocket while paying for, at that point in time, a very, very high cost, um, low anything insurance plan. So I was paying about $400 a month in premiums. My deductible was over 16000 before they would kick in any help. And my steroid cash price would have been 900 in the U.S. It was 100 from Canada. Wow. And that's so, called Entacort. It's a budesonide. So um, it, it similarly works like a topical, I guess. But, yes, it does. Um, yeah. But it, for, for different types of inflammatory diseases, it has great benefits. But if you are susceptible to side effects with any steroid, you're going to, you're going to have them with budesonide as well. Yeah, the some of these steroids have been put into a form where they don't get absorbed into the system as much, so they're they're like locked to a bigger molecule that can't be absorbed, but they can yeah. act locally as they go through the bowel. But there's still side effects. Uh, you can get things like thrush, which is a yeast infection, mm-hmm. uh, from taking it. You can get uh, stomach ulcers because it'll tend to thin out the lining of the stomach as well as decrease inflammation right. in, in the in the small bowel. And so there are side effects to it, but it certainly was and is uh, a step forward in the treatment of inflammatory uh, autoimmune bowel disease. So that's a good thing. And there's also a a rectal foam for people who have involvement of the uh, colon and of the rectum uh, in these inflammatory diseases like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So, But it's expensive because it's not that widely used. And, of course, anytime you produce something that takes time and effort and you don't produce enough to make it cost effective to to, to charge a lower fee, you're going to have to charge a higher fee to make money on it. Exactly. And so that makes it difficult for somebody who has a major disease and is underinsured or not insured. And so this was a big problem for you, Jamie, but fortunately you were able to find medication outside of the United States. Uh, By the way, you know, I I never miss a chance to say this. We are subsidizing the pharmaceutical health care bill for the rest of the world because we pay way more than the rest of the world for most of our medications. And, uh, And the reason is very simply this. The manufacturers know they can get a higher price here. And that makes up for selling it at a lower price somewhere else. So uh, we, once again, the United States is carrying the world on its back, which is okay. 
I mean, I don't mind being a good Samaritan, but uh, we do have to think about ourselves as well. Oh, I agree. The only way that most of my medications were made affordable is the fact that I have a decent health care plan. But um, if I didn't, then I wouldn't qualify for some of the medication assistance programs that exist from the pharmaceuticals because they, they have these deals set up in place with um, health insurance and the pharmacy ben- benefit managers, the PBMs. So with these deals, you have things that say, you know, $5 copay, $10 copay, or, you know, pay under $100, depending on your insurance plan. Nothing is foolproof, but if you have government insurance, whether it's TRICARE, Medicare, or Medicaid, you don't qualify for those programs. No, you don't. Uh, the uh, The reasoning is that Medicare has expanded to, mm-hmm. to the Part D, uh, which will cover uh, a number of medications, not everything. And TRICARE, for the folks who don't know, is the... Uh, government insurance plan for the family of military and for ex-military people. And so that that is a government subsidy as well. Uh, you, you probably didn't know this, Jamie, but 51% of our uh, federal budget goes to Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, TRICARE. So over half of our our dollar that goes into the federal coffers when we pay tax pays for these programs and still they're running at a deficit and having a hard time. And that makes it tough on people like you because then you can't get what you need, even if you're doing your best and being diligent and working. And I guess this became a real problem for you is when you tried to get on Medicaid as well, this, this had to be a big deal. Yeah. So I did not qualify for Medicaid because um, I did everything right. And according to you know, all, all the things that you're told when you're growing up, you go to college, you get a job, you save your money in case of an emergency. Well, when the emergency happened to me, I had a nest egg and I had to sell my house and move back in with my family, but I still had my savings, which was helpful for the year, the first year while applying for disability and all that fun stuff. And when you start filling out paperwork out, they allow you to fill out paperwork for Medicaid. They actually encourage it because obviously they realize there's something wrong with you and maybe you need some sort of extra help. Well, you have to disclose your financials, which I did. And I was told you have too much money. So (laughs) thanks guys. So, you know, at that point I had not the greatest insurance, What it was called back then with a catastrophic plan. I don't know if Medicaid would have been any better other than just not having any type of help and having such a high cost plan put me into medical debt. So here I am six years later still trying to crawl out of the medical debt from just that that first and second year of falling ill and being on the catastrophic plan. So having all of that happen, you know, I, I was worried about getting Medicaid because then I really felt that I wasn't going to get a stay in my care, but desperate times, desperate measures. Once you qualify for disability, you have the opportunity to go on Medicare two years after you are declared disabled. So it's the declaration date of when they decide you are disabled is when you qualify for Medicare. And they sent a book, and it's a huge book, and it's the same book that goes to um, anyone who qualifies after the age of 65 or a qualifying illness that causes you disability. And it was that's to, to That's to allow you to get on Medicare. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I I read through as much as I could. And at one point I um, worked 
for uh, a major Medicare provider in the area in their marketing department. And so I was so much familiar and I felt so in over my head. So I called one of the 800 numbers provided on there if you needed assistance to understand what it is you're reading. And I was given this whole runaround, you know, call a local church group. This is the number in your area. So I did. And I asked them my questions. No one could answer my questions. And the one question I really wanted answered was, do I get a say in what medications my doctor can prescribe to me? And no one could truly tell me, but from everything I've witnessed with other patients, because I do um, volunteer as a patient advocate now, um, I watch these patients, you know, go into the Medicare system or they're on Medicaid. And every two months when they're due for their next uh, dose of a biologic or every six months when a new prioritization needs to be made, they have to fight for their medication. And sometimes it causes a delay in treatment, which can alter the benefit of the medication. We have these schedules set up for a reason. And um, I even had that happen when I was on the catastrophic plan. And while I was on um, the insurance plan that I'm on now, it just, it happens sometimes. And if it can happen on regular insurance, you can imagine it's going to happen with government-backed insurance. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, folks, it's, it's, I'm talking with Jamie Weinstein, by the way, about her catastrophic uh, illness as a young adult, late teenager, and the financial woes that were incurred. Uh, you know, there's a couple of points I want to make. 75% of all bankruptcies, all bankruptcies in the United States involve some medical debt. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal. And uh, and although there were parts of Obamacare that I didn't agree with, there were other parts that I thought, well, you know, this is a good thing. Uh, and I think most of the doctors felt the same way, especially about ensuring that people who have major illnesses through no fault of their own, that they can get some coverage. So uh, the, the, the problem is that when you get into a government-funded program, you are going to have to abide by the rules. And the rules are certainly much more comprehensive and much more restrictive than they are in private health insurance plans. Very simply, we the people have demanded that the government be accountable. And since over 50% of our tax dollar is going into these programs, we want to know that everybody who's in the program deserves to be in the program. And and of course, this is a big problem. And this is something that uh, conservatives have been yelling about. Uh, for a long time, that there are people that don't deserve to be on Medicaid, that don't deserve to be on food stamps or whatever it is. And But what ends up happening is that those of us who really have a need, who are really honestly sick and have made the best effort to manage our life and our disease and our finances, we get punished. So there are some problems with the programs. And, and Jamie, I want to tell you, you're not the only person. I've seen numbers of people throughout my career. I had one guy who kept coming in, and he had low back pain, and he couldn't work anymore, and they took his job away from him, but he didn't qualify for anything. And uh, he was actually the husband of one of my employees. And uh, one day he came in with a short sleeve shirt on, and he had psoriasis. And psoriasis is a major autoimmune disease that can also have inflammatory bowel disease. It can have mm-hmm. severe osteo uh, rheumatoid like arthritis, especially in the low back. And once I figured this out and we worked him up, I was able to get him on uh, disability and social security 
but uh, it was quite an ordeal. And I've, I have a number of patients I've gone through that with. And it, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's heartrending. You do what you can, and you prescribe the medications that are affordable uh, to the patient. But you also feel badly for them because they really do have a serious problem. And, and it's not that the government says, we don't believe you. It's that the government has all these rules because they need to screen out the people that don't really deserve the benefits that we offer. But it, it's tough on somebody like you, Jamie. I feel for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and since you did bring up that it's you know part of the way that it's structured with the, the rules from government, the way that it was explained to me is they, they base the rules off of cash paying prices for Medicare. So if you're diagnosed with, you know, a disease that can be treated by several different medications. And let's say there's a pyramid. At the bottom of the pyramid are the lower cost older medications. And those are the ones that they might have been considered back in their time when they first came out highly effective. But obviously, as time progresses, science improves, more knowledge is gained about that disease, new medications come out. And they're more expensive because they're newer and there's less competition for them because of patents. So those are at the top of the pyramid. Um, the, the pricing structure that if your cash price or cash paying, I should say, for those medications, you know, like $900 versus uh, $17,000, what do you think the insurance company is going to choose? But statistically, when you look at the long-term side effects and hospitalization rates for the lower tier medications, it still baffles me how that is not included in, um, I guess the actuary's assessment for risk for for patients because when when I, I look at it just from watching it happen, someone who's on long term prednisone runs the risk of glaucoma, diabetes, um, their heart being affected, their other organs being affected, and hospitalization rates plus their immune system being diminished because of the steroids. It's it's so baffling to me why you wouldn't want to invest in someone's health at the higher cost originally, but to stop a jump off into this bigger dive of medical issue. So. Well, that that's true. I mean, that that's part of the landscape. Uh, but this isn't just in the medical industry. You know, anything new, when you throw that into a big bureaucracy, it's going to take time for it to work its way through, even if the actuarians, uh, the actuarians folks are, they're, highly specialized CPA kind of people, and they crunch numbers. So they they uh, will look at a disease in the population that has it, and they'll say, here's what you can expect over the lifespan of the average person with inflammatory bowel disease who is taking this medication. They're going to have X number of bad days. They're going to have X number of hospitalization days. They're going to live a shorter life. They're going to have a, a host of, of entities that – uh, may be common to humans, but come more frequently for people with with this disease. So the actuarians, they're they're the numbers projectors, and they say, look, uh, if you want to make money this quarter, then you should use this lower tier drug. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these companies, you know, they're 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 answerable to their board and to their stockholders, and people invest in these stocks because they want to see it grow. And so they have to weigh the the uh, balance out the stockholder and equity holders uh, shares and their their income and the value of the stock with the health and welfare of the people that they're serving. And 
you know, it's, it's, it's tough and it's even tougher if you're, if you're at the bottom of the pyramid, that's, that's the hardest part. Yeah. And I, I also do want to bring up when we were talking about those lower tier medications, um, organs, it's, um, anti-rejection medication for organ transplants. That's one of our other co-therapy medications. So you can imagine someone who's new to their disease being told that they're going to be put on an anti-rejection medication, obviously at a lower dose, but it's jarring um, when you know that there's newer medications out there, but you're still stuck with something that's built really for, for another intended use altogether. Well, that, that, that's true, but it's also not completely fair because we use a number of, of medications that were previously used for just cancer or uh, yeah. ju- just uh, organ transplantation, and, and they, they do have crossover benefits, mm-hmm. uh, but they're, they're certainly not as specific, and that's where the biologics come into play because yeah. they are uh, genetically engineered to hit one specific little pathway. So the side effects should decrease the, the, what we call the efficacy, the, Mm -hmm. the uh, risk benefit ratio, the what's it do for you and what are the side effects ratio. And so we do have better, newer drugs out now uh, that are more specific in their treatment and uh, more, they're more of a, of a bullet of a rifle shot than rather a shotgun shell when a shotgun's a, a, a number of small pellets that will spray out of the barrel of the gun, whereas a rifle's just a little small bullet that hits one little target. So uh, yes and no. It's tough and uh, it seems unfair, but there are also uses for some of these medications that we have previously developed in smaller doses and in different uh, schedules. So uh, we have to be a little bit careful about condemning um, about painting everything with the same color brush. So that's my little homily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a stigma. Um, you know, when you see online groups, um, people panicking, my doctor wants me to go on such and such medication. Um, and it's, it's an immunotherapy from the lower tier. And, you know, instantly they go to WebMD or another website uh, like rx.com and they look at the side effects, which I always recommend to anybody who gets, you know, uh, a prescription that they're unfamiliar with, talk to your pharmacist, don't go online. Um, that's the first thing. And then if you're going to go online and not look at the website, but you, let's say, go onto a board or a health-based group, you're normally going to see the worst of the worst answers. I've of course. Tried to, I've tried to encourage people to go on and share the good information and counter the bad because, you know, for, for every one good story, that person's out there living their life they're happy, they're, they're moving on, they're taking their medications hopefully regularly, but you're going to have a lot of sick people who have a lot of anger built up on the internet. And that's where I see a lot of frustrations and a lot of fear being driven too. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my patients, so many of them go on the internet when I prescribe something for them. Uh, the Canadians are even worse than the Americans because they have <laughs> such a phobia about taking medicine. Uh, the yeah. government up there has been very good at brainwashing them into not spending any money on their health. Of course, they don't live as long as we do if you match them for age, sex, race, uh, uh, socioeconomic status and all that. But uh, it, it is fascinating to see. And, well, I was on the Internet and it said that this could cause this. And, you know, I kind of felt a little bit like that. Well, I don't think that that's causing you to have a foot drop, but, but it said, you know, there's one in 10 million that can get it from this. And, 
so it, it's uh, uh, that's some of the art of medicine of trying to help people understand that there are potential benefits and risk to any medication, anything in life. Uh, but we have to look at the at the odds, the risk, the ratios, and say, look, this is working for you. You really have a minimal amount of side effects from it and you're able to afford it. So why don't we continue using it? But that, you know, that's just part of medicine. Okay. It, and I think that, uh, that you are very wise to tell people not to get caught into this, into the uh, sticky paper, the tar babies of the internet, because <laughs> there are people who will pull you into their anger. There are a lot of people that feel better when you're angry with them. And we see this when the left and the right politicians and uh, the left and right groups go out and protest and, you know, make a fist. So you have to be careful. You just have to take everything with a grain of salt. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your pharmacist. One thing that I do, Jamie, and I think this is a good lesson for a lot of physicians, especially for Medicare uh, and Medicaid physicians, is that I bring people back more frequently than most doctors do. And you can criticize me and say I'm trying to run up the, the Medicare bill, but actually Medicare is now encouraging us to do this more. So we, we go through these cycles, see people less, now we see them more. I bring them back, and I'll specifically talk to them about medications. So we'll get started on it, and then I say I want to see you back in four weeks or six weeks. Uh, you know, We'll check your blood work, and we'll talk about any side effects you might be having. But it, it's so important for doctors to – to make a little extra time. And you can do this and still make a living by just scheduling another appointment for the patient yeah. and sit down and explain to them what is going on and what these medications can do and what you're doing and what the alternatives are, because that's what people want to know. That's why they go on the internet. Is this safe? Is there an alternative? Do I really need this? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's it, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'll have a <laughs> sip of coffee while you Say what you need to say, my friend. Thank you. Um, it's it's really interesting to hear you say that because I wish more doctors would follow that protocol. Um, at several meetings that I've been to where I've discussed this with physicians who are sitting on a panel, either we're at a pharmaceutical company discussing this factoid or um, we're at a conference just filled with doctors and they they are forced by the medical system within that they work. That, that tells them this is how you can treat your patient, this is how many minutes you can spend, yada, yada, yada. But realistically, when someone is diagnosed with a new disease and they get that, that, that delivery of news to them, they're not going to absorb all that information. They're going to have more questions. So that 15-minute that or 20-minute interaction is a good starting point. And, yes, there are pamphlets now. Back when I was diagnosed in 2003, there were not. Um, for 2005, when I was 23, there were not. But when you have this happen, there should be like a two-week period, like a breathing period. Have them come back in. And this is when you're going to discuss what your treatment options are. And then, you know, in four to six weeks after that, see how they're doing on the medication. And I really feel like there would be more um, cooperation from, from patients and that they would stay on their medications and wouldn't veer off plans. So compliance would be higher. And I only have one, I, my general practitioner did this for the longest time, but she's not managing the biologic therapies that I'm on. She only knows so much. 
so she'll just do the blood work and she'll just overall watch me. Originally, I was seeing her every six weeks, but that gets expensive when you have a high deductible plan. And then um, I was eventually forced to go to a rheumatologist because having one autoimmune disease obviously opens you up to others. And this rheumatologist has basically changed my life because she bust the system and she said, I'm going to see you every eight weeks and we are going to figure this out. And at one point I lost my local GI because she switched practices and there was a non-compete clause in effect. And um, it's hard to find a good GI who's trained in Crohn's. So she managed my biologic therapy because it was managing both my psoriasis, my arthritis and my Crohn's. So I got very, very lucky in that respect that this one doctor was breaking the protocol and seeing me every eight weeks and charging me for an internal medicine visit versus a rheumatology specialist visit. Yeah. Well, Jamie, speaking of of benefits, uh, we need to let my advertisers have a word or two (laughs) here. So we're going to go grab a cup of Joe. When we come back, we'll talk about some alternatives to traditional insurance that may or may not be helpful to you. And we'll continue on with Jamie and her life story. I'm Dr. Bill. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The future of the Iran nuclear deal hangs in the balance, and its future may depend on the success of last-minute European interventions with President Trump. French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Angela Merkel set to visit Washington separately later this month and will likely be the last foreign leaders invested in the deal to see Mr. Trump ahead of his mid-May deadline for deciding what happens. The Republican Party's political director says keeping the House is the top priority despite gloomy talk in the media about GOP prospects in this fall's elections. Justin Johnson says he is not giving in to forecasts that Democrats might have the upper hand when Americans go to the polls in November. Hundreds of thousands of Catalan separatists rallying in downtown Barcelona to demand the release of a high-profile secessionist leader being held in pretrial detention. This is SRN News. When I need x-rays, I choose Tampa Bay Imaging. Two convenient locations, Pinellas Park in Tampa, 727-545-9674 and 813-386-3674. State-of-the-art equipment, I know these guys personally. Complimentary transportation, insist on TBI Pinellas, 727-545-9674, 727-545-9674. Hillsboro, 813-386-3674, 813-386-3674. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. 
Attention credit card holders. The secret that credit card companies don't want you to know is getting out. Thousands of people across the country are now settling their debts for a fraction of what they owe, thanks to National Debt Relief. The secret is that if you're struggling with or simply can't afford your monthly credit card payments, you now have the legal means to resolve your debt with your lenders, substantially reducing what you owe into one low monthly payment. You don't have to worry about bankruptcy or falling deeper into debt. You can now save thousands of dollars even tens of thousands, and be debt-free faster than you ever thought possible. There are no upfront fees, and satisfaction is guaranteed. If you're struggling with at least $10,000 in credit card debt, medical bills, private student loans, or personal loans, call National Debt Relief now for a free quote on how much of your debt can be reduced. Get this free, life-changing information now by dialing 800-506-2760. 800-506-2760. That's 800-506-2760. Do you love a hot dog or hamburger at the ball game? Then you need to bring your appetite to Spectrum Field every Monday. Your $14 ticket includes all you can eat. That's right, you can chow down on all of your ballpark favorites, like hamburgers and hot dogs and many other concession favorites. All you care to eat. Just $14 gets you a ticket to the game and all you can eat. Make sure you come hungry. Visit Threshersbaseball.com. Threshers Baseball. Get hooked. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Today we'll have severe thunderstorms late in the afternoon, otherwise increasingly windy, with some sun, then increasing clouds, and not as hot in the afternoon. Storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds, the will be 83. Tonight, breezy with a shower-heavy thunderstorm early in the evening, then partly cloudy late, the low 61. That's your Accu the forecast. I'm Dan Pittman for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. A little bit of Van Halen with David Lee Roth at the lead sing, singer spot there. And he actually wrote that song. It's about a one-night stand, a girl named Jamie. And she's regretting and ruining her one-night stand. And by the way, I have a wonderful woman named Jamie Weinstein on the show today. Jamie, you still with me? I'm here. I hope you like that song. Totally. <laughs> it's all about you. <laughs> so uh, we have been talking with Jamie about her journey through the healthcare system with a, a major diagnosis. She has Crohn's disease and uh, psoriatic arthritis. And the, the journey that she took as a young person, young adult, with little or no resources, uh, trying to get some help and being diligent in her efforts to continue to work, save money, and follow the rules in the system. And so we've had a pretty good talk so far. It's been impressive. Uh, I think that we do need to talk, Jamie, about some alternative health care insurance plans or some ways in which we can get some health care. I don't know how many charities there are out there anymore because uh, the the whole charitable situation is – has been undermined over the past 
50 years gradually as we move more towards a socialist socialistic system. But uh, have you had any experience? Are there any uh, religious groups or uh, charities or, or funded efforts by wealthy people to help people out who are in your position? Yeah, so there, there are some things that you can do depending on what your disease um, is. First thing I would do is check out if there's a national foundation for it. So in my case, there's the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, and um, they're now just known as the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. They just went through a rebranding after their anniversary. And um, I do some volunteer work with them and have run their social media at uh, some of the doctor's conferences that they put on. And one of the things that they have on their website is something uh, – believe the block is for financial and they'll have some information on there specifically for Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Ulcerative colitis is one of the other diseases that is under the umbrella that we know as inflammatory bowel disease, also known as IBD. So um, Crohn's is under the umbrella as is UC. So the foundation has um, on their website, and they keep it updated as much as possible, um, financial information, things that you can do to help offset the cost of some medications. And the next thing that um, I recommend is if you get a prescription for a medication, look up the manufacturer of that medication, or you may even have seen a commercial for it, and they'll talk about the fact that they have a discount plan. So if you have traditional insurance, great does not mean that your insurance company will participate in that discount plan, but it does not hurt to call the company and find out what your alternatives are. And oftentimes their representatives in their call center will have a list of information um, and sources that you can contact to help you fund not only your medication, but possibly your co-pays um, for other medications and um, possibly your premiums. And um, a few of the advocates that I know through a conference that's called Healthy Voices, um, I've recently pulled them and asked for them to give me resources. So I'm slowly trying to put those together. And if I, if I get enough, I can send them over to you. But um, it's, Great. Hard. It's, it's oftentimes um, what I've heard at the hospital because I was there two weeks ago and not for myself, but my fiance had an adverse reaction to blood pressure medication on his first day trying it. Um, we wound up in the ER and then overnight in the observation bay just to try and get everything back to normal and get him on a new med. Um, a poor woman was in there and she didn't have insurance for six months. And, you know, it, it's sad because you're in this observation bay. So really there's no privacy and I'm sitting there screaming in my head, Hippah! but you know, you hear the case history being related from, from a resident to a doctor and, I mean, her blood sugar was so high. She was in the hospital over the weekend. They finally got it to an almost normal, but she was still elevated, so they couldn't let her leave yet. So they moved her from a room to observation. So you hear this whole story, and they told her if she ever loses her insurance again because she got laid off, and she said, I just I couldn't afford my insulin. And so I went six months just trying to manage with diet alone, which we know with diabetes. That you can't do. You can't. It's, it's, it's unrealistic. Maybe there's, there's like a 1%. Um, you know, population out there who can maybe manage, but you still have inflammation in the system. It's still doing something, whether your blood sugar may look okay, but you can't measure your blood sugar if you can't afford your testing strips. So again, I don't know how you know if you're really okay. So they, they had her there and I'm listening to this and they, they gave her a number of local, um, 
I guess, religious groups in the area that help get patients their insulin, um, you know, especially in indigent areas. But I can imagine it probably was also hard for her because she considered herself, you know, a hardworking person, fell on tough times, didn't want to ask for help. But it landed her in the hospital with a blood sugar of over 300. That's, that's scary. Yeah, that is scary. There are also some uh, cost share plans that have been set up. Uh, the ones that I know have been set up by uh, Christian groups. Uh, the only one I know that is interfaith, even though it was set up, I, I believe, by Christians, uh, is the Liberty uh, Health Share Plan. And whether or not they would take somebody who's on uh, a major heavy hitter drug like you are on the Humira, the the biologic drug that costs thousands of dollars a year. I don't know, but certainly uh, people with with less expensive diseases like diabetes and hypertension. Uh, these are some plans that you can look at, and you can you can Google it on the internet. Some want you to be uh, a Christian, and and they're faith based. But the Liberty Plan, it looks like you just have to be willing to believe in God and and pray for each other and contribute as, as you go through. And they're a little less expensive than uh, the traditional health care plans, and they are Obamacare approved. They include yeah. uh, MediShare, Liberty, Christian Health Ministries, and uh, there's the Samaritan plan as well. But the one that looks like it's interfaith is Liberty. So that's also an option for people who are underinsured or can't afford insurance. And the way these plans work is, you only pay when somebody has a problem, and everybody is expected to chip in their share. So if this lady is a member of the plan and she goes into the hospital for diabetes and she comes out with a health care bill of 7500 then everybody in the plan, and then there's maybe a million people in the plan, agree to chip in an extra penny or two this month to pay for that one person's problems. They also have doctors who are now online, so you can call them a day or night. Uh, get on the internet with them, and they can even prescribe medications for you for minor problems and diagnose you uh, based upon what you tell them and give you directions on how to get some more health care and what doctors in the area will accept these uh, faith-based share plans. So that is also available. And as Jamie was saying, there's also help from a lot of the uh, pharmaceutical companies, but you have to qualify. And if you make too much money, well, they're not going to help you. But if you're indigent, uh, a lot of them will help. They, w- they will give you a significant discount on your medications. So yeah. there are resources, uh, but we just need to get this out to people. We also need to uh, get more of this in the system or in our country. And uh, they're basically ways of providing charity for people. And that's a good thing. I mean, that's what we're all about is being charitable. That's the name of the game. Agreed. So uh, you're, you're, you're working now, Jamie, you're, I know you told me you were back up and running and, and what are you doing now? Uh, obviously you're doing some, some, uh, uh, benefit, some pro bono work for people with these diseases and these problems, but are, how are you making a living at this stage? I'm technically still on disability. I actually just received my um, disability uh, review paperwork. I'm on year six. I'm able to do some freelance. I'm able to do some consulting. But, um, you know, 20 years of untreated disease and 
trial and error with biologics and, and lower stuff therapies for, for four years took its toll. And, um, but it's not just the Crohn's disease that kind of took me out of my career, the arthritis. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that it's, I think statistics show 10 years into an inflammatory disease like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis can manifest in arthritis, which they call enteropathic. I happen to have psoriasis and some of my arthritis symptoms are now displaying more toward the psoriatic side, but it's still very hard to differentiate which one is which. I could have both basically. Arthritis really is arthritis. And the goal is not to let obviously degeneration of the joints or whatever occur, but it makes it hard. I was a marketing copywriter. I am a trained journalist. So I've tried to put, you know, my knowledge and what I've learned throughout my career to use to help other people, but I can only work so many hours before I burn out. Chronic fatigue is a huge symptom with any chronic illness. You couple several chronic illnesses together and just, you know, getting out of bed and pouring a cup of coffee or taking a shower can be exhausting some days, plus managing runs to the restroom with Crohn's. That's equally, um, you know, disarming. So I'm quite up to working full time yet, but I'm, you're getting there. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm on a medication. Am I allowed to say what it is? You can say anything you want, my dear. Just don't <laughs> cuss or, or bill. We're on an eight second delay and bill will bleep you out. But, uh, other than that, are you there, Bill? Are you awake? <laughs> I'm on it. Bill. <laughs> don't be a Talk to me, Bill. He must have gone to the bathroom. <laughs> That's my producer. No, no, I'm there. I'm, I'm watching for the potty mouth. I'm concentrating. <laughs> He's watching for the potty mouth. So, yes, you can say you're on Humera, right? No, actually, I um, was on Humera. That was my second biologic. And I'm now on Stellara. And um, that was approved in 2016, the fall of 2016, for the Crohn's disease indication. And it's in phase three trial right now, I believe, for ulcerative colitis, and it already treats psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis and probably a few other diseases off-label. So um, that has basically been my uh, my comeback medication. I've, I'm refractory, which means that any medication you put on, my body will find a way to fight it, and I will build antibodies. But Solar is really unique in the fact that you can develop antibodies, and that's okay. Your body can kind of bounce back from that. And, um, knock on wood, it's, it's doing its job slowly, but surely it, for some people, it's going to be faster for me. It's, um, I'm happy with the turtle pace, slow and steady. So, um, I'm also now, um, because I do consult with Jansen, I'm a paid spokesperson for, uh, for Stellara. And I do make some videos to explain to patients my, my Crohn's story and what happened with not getting treatment. Because when I was first diagnosed and not educated, um, I was given a type of, of medication that really wasn't based for Crohn's. It was based for ulcerative colitis. So it kind of helped, but it didn't do the job enough. And I went off of it after six months because I was a little better. And the doctor just wasn't informed enough at that point. So we, I just, without the education, went untreated another seven years. So that's a full two decades of just no real treatment for the actual Crohn's disease. And what happens, folks, is uh, you have this inflammation of the small bowel, uh, commonly with Crohn's, and Mm -hmm. uh, it builds up scar tissue, and it can cause the bowel to narrow, what we call a stricture. 
Uh, you can even have your bowel obstructed completely and need to go to surgery. And I had one young patient uh, who was very similar to you in his pr presentation, and he ended up having a piece of his uh, small intestine taken out. Finally, though, we've we've convinced him to take the medications. Young people, especially guys, we don't think we need anything. We're tough. But uh, these medications are lifesavers. And remember that even though you hear a lot of negative on the, on the Internet and you hear the warnings on TV about Humira and Stellara, the longer you're on these medications as a general rule, the less side effects you have from them. Uh, some people, like Jamie, will build up antibodies to these medications. And a, a lot of these medications are actually antibodies themselves that yeah. attack a specific protein or a specific pathway in the inflammatory process in the body. So, uh, but, but they are foreign in that respect. They're foreign to our body. And if you have a hyperactive immune system, it may look at that and say, this doesn't belong here, and start making antibodies to the antibody. I know it's all a little confusing, but basically you just have one chemical attacking another one and then another one, and uh, it's a big mess. Uh, and it's a real problem if you've got inflammatory bowel disease because, as Jamie was saying, you, you not only have the problems with uh, bowel movements that are more frequent, uh, painful, bloody, mucus in the stool, but you also have joint symptoms. Uh, you can have debilitating joint damage, and the whole purpose of getting you on disease-modifying medications is to keep you not only from having uh, bowel symptoms, but also from having your joints destroyed. And it, it is a horrible thing to see somebody who has had arthritis since childhood or adolescence, an inflammatory arthritis, uh, and it, it just breaks your heart. And especially if they have tried all kinds of biologics and nothing has worked or they've gotten a bad infection like tuberculosis while they're on these. And uh, so they're reluctant to try anything else. But it's a it's a tough situation. But these are good drugs, but they're highly expensive. They're highly specific. And like any medication, like anything in life, there's the potential for side effects. And sounds like you've been through the whole thing, Jamie. I have. I have, but, you know, risk and benefits, I always look at, at both, and I want the benefit, and usually the benefit outweighs the risk. Absolutely, and, I, you know, it's, it's true financially, too. Uh, I, we were talking, Jamie and I were talking uh, last week before the show uh, about Obamacare and some of the aspects of it that are uh, certainly worthwhile. I, th I think that the plan to keep people on their parents' insurance if they're in school uh, under until they're 27, I think the law says now, I can't remember, but uh, gives them a chance and gives them the ability to to start their life uh, mm -hmm. without coming out with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of medical debt, which is impossible to pay off unless you're you're making huge money. And most people who are this sick are not going to make that kind of money. Agreed. Yeah. And Jamie, uh, it's getting close to the end of the show. Is there anything you'd like to say and wrap up? We've got about a minute left. I'll give you 30 uh, seconds, girl. Yeah. Contact your, your senators and your representatives. Uh, you can do it through email. You can even do it on Facebook with ResistBot and let them know that you are against step therapy protocols. And, um, you know, if you need more information on it, reach out to your local foundation or your national foundation dedicated to your disease type or your chronic illness and tell them that you want to help and they will help you find out who to contact and what to say. And there's also Days on the Hill 
in uh, federal government and state government, and you can go and talk to these people's aides and help make a difference. Absolutely. Remember, folks, uh, we tend to think of our representatives and senators as uh, uh, smarter than us, as more godlike than us. They're not. They're just people like you and me. You know, they put their pants on one leg at a time and they still have to use the restroom like the rest of us. And and most of these people have very little education on health care and medical matters, about uh, insurance and about chronic diseases. And so it's great to have somebody like Jamie who's willing to go up to the legislatures and discuss with these folks the risk-benefit ratios and what's out there and how we can help people and streamline our system. Jamie, it's great having you today, baby, and I hope that you feel good and say hello to your fiancé. We'll see you guys next week. I'm Dr. Bill. You're Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.